John chapter 10, and we're going to read verse 1 to 10. John chapter 10, verse 1 to 10. That's on page 896, if you're using the church Bibles. John chapter 10. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee for him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come, sorry, I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. If you keep that open in front of you, uh, I'm going to pray for Tom. Uh, as he comes to speak to us, we're very blessed to have Tom from Cornerstone and his wife Saffron with us uh, this week. Um, and I'm also going to pray for uh, the children as they go out with Natalie. How wonderful. Uh, let me pray. Uh, Lord Jesus, I pray that you would uh, help us today to be taught, um, to have hearts that are willing to listen and be changed by you. I pray that for both the children and for those of us listening in here as well. I pray for Tom and Natalie as they teach us and the children would give them wisdom and boldness to, to say what you have to say to us today. And I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So children, off you go with Natalie. That's one child. <laughs> child. Off you go with Natalie. Uh, yeah, you could ask her. Uh, and uh, let me invite Tom to come and speak. Tom, let me clear all my detritus. No, we're good. Good afternoon. Hello. Um, yeah, so uh, my, my name is Tom. This is Saffron, my wife. We, uh, we're members of Cornerstone Church. It's great to be here. Um, yeah, just we, we're so blessed to be here. It's great to be worshiping with you. Uh, we pray for you often at Cornerstone. Uh, so it really is so lovely to, to be with you and to, um, to, to, to sing God's praises with you. Um, I am Hannah's cousin. Uh, which means that I'm Ina Maria's nephew, um, and I believe it's your 40th anniversary today. Clap, round of applause. <clears throat> praise, praise the Lord for that. Wow, 40 years, how amazing is that? Um, you don't look it. You never know. You never know. Um, yeah, so let, let's, let's keep that uh, passage open. Let me just uh, pray, pray again. Um, Father, thank you so much for... Uh, Ian and Maria for their 40 years of marriage, for that um, uh, showcasing of Christ's love for the church. Uh, we pray that you would bless them. Um, and thank you so much for your word that you speak to us. And we pray that you would do that now. Help us to listen in Jesus' name. Amen. 
So I, uh, I work in King's Cross for, for my job. I work for a payments company. Uh, and we've recently moved offices. And our next-door neighbors are a social media influencer agency, right? So they manage some, some of the uh, popular figures in our culture who have Instagram pages and all of these kind of things. Um, and they're the type of people who tell us to follow them so that we can have a full and satisfying life. Do you know, do you know the kind of people who I'm talking about? Uh, one of my colleagues was making a cup of tea this week and overheard one of them talk about how, uh, one of the people at this agency, they were talking about how a cheese company is going to pay someone £10,000 to talk about them on Instagram. A cheese company! Um, so yeah, they came in and told us, and I couldn't, could not believe it. Influencers, social media influencers, claim to have their followers' best interests at heart, don't they? But what happens when things go wrong? What happens when, you know, a diet that people might follow or people might take makes someone seriously ill and destroys their body? What happens when people lose money after doing something an, uh, an influencer told them to do? What happens when, like last year, you had a 12-year-old boy die as a result of this influencer blackout challenge? I don't know if you followed that or saw it. Where are the influencers then? We have to ask, don't we? Uh, do, do these people really care about their followers? Or do they just care about funding their own lifestyles? Well, in this passage that we just read, Jesus calls leaders like this thieves and robbers who come to kill, steal, and destroy. And he doesn't call out social media influencers specifically, but a different type of influencer. And the type of influencer he calls out was actually a religious leader. So what we see in this passage is it immediately follows from where you were last week in John chapter 9. It's a response to it. There's no break in the text. There's no, no the next day or whatever. It's literally, you could almost say it's the same scene, right? And here Jesus uses what John calls a figure of speech, or you could say a word picture. And the reason Jesus draws this word picture is to illustrate and to show the religious leaders of the day, what they're really like. And in, in doing, he's exposing their behavior and he's, he's showing them who, what they're really like. And in so doing, over the course of this chapter of John chapter 10, which in this week and next week, Jesus will show the difference of the religious leaders with himself as the good shepherd. The bad shepherd and the good shepherd, if you like. The good shepherd who truly cares for his sheep. By giving his life to become what we'll see today, the door. So whoever enters through it will have life and have it to the full. That's what's going on here. And that's what we all want, isn't it? We all want life and we want life to the full. We don't want empty promises like we see online and social, from social media influencers. So let me remind you of what happened in John chapter 9. Or if you weren't here last week, let me really quickly bring you up to speed. So we had, it was an amazing story of a man who was born blind. Jesus meets him and he spits on the ground, made some mud with his saliva, put it on the man's eyes and says, go and wash it off. The man does. And what happens to the man? Can you remember what happened to him? 
He could see, yeah, for the first time in his life, he could see his family. He could see what his friends looked like. He could see his hands. He could see his fingerprint. He's never seen his fingerprint before. Wow. Isn't that amazing? Praise the Lord. And not only this, but he had spiritual sight too. Jesus shows us that he is the one who opens blind eyes. Both physically and spiritually. What an amazing miracle. Praise the Lord. What an amazing miracle. Well, the Pharisees didn't think so. The religious leaders of the day, they didn't think so. They're actually furious by what happened. So they launch an investigation and they end up throwing him out of the synagogue. So sad, isn't it? The leaders, the very people who are meant to be caring for people, leading God's, pe- leading God's people to God, rejoicing over this miracle. Instead, they put this man to shame and they throw him out because he held to the truth of who Jesus was. It's frightening, isn't it? Frightening. So that's the context. That's what's just happened in John chapter 9. And John says, Jesus heard about what the, the Pharisees had done. And so that's where we find ourselves in this passage. And Jesus holds up this drawing and this weird picture. Imagine it's like a show and tell. Right, here it is. Here's the picture. Have a look what's happening, right? Look, look, look down at the text and what we've got. We've got a sheep, a sheepfold, a door, a gatekeeper, a shepherd, a stranger, a thief, and a robber. That's all that's going to happen. That's quite a lot that's happening, isn't there? Right? Sheep, sheepfold. Uh, what else we got? We've got a shepherd. We've got a gatekeeper. We've got a door. We've got a thief and a robber. All right, so let's try and think what, what, think what, 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 what's going on here. And Jesus is saying, guess who you are in this picture? Have you ever had that where a child's maybe drawn a picture and you're trying to work out who it is? Guess who you are in this picture? You, he says to the, the, the religious leaders, you are the thieves and the robbers. You're meant to be caring for God's people, leading them to me, but you're more interested in looking after yourselves. And verse 6, I don't know if you noticed it when it was read, but it says, they did not understand what he was saying to them. So let's push through. Let's try and understand what he was saying to them. Imagine, instead of being in this, in this hall in Dagenham, where in the first century, we're all sheep farmers, and this is, we're in an eastern village, okay? So imagine instead of this hall, we've got like a community courtyard, okay? And that's where everyone let, would leave their sheep in the night, all in the same courtyard. So there's, there's Verona, was it? There's your sheep over there. There's Tom's sheep over there. There's Rob, Rob's sheep over here, okay? In the night, that's where they are. And then there's someone at the door. That, that's the gatekeeper. That's like the, the bouncer, almost. It's like they, 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 let, they let Rob come in and out. Yeah, come on, Rob, come and get your sheep. Take them out to the field. Have a great day, uh, and then come back in, and I'll look after them. That's what that's what's happening. That's what a sheepfold is. So it'd be empty throughout the day, because the sheep would be in the fields. But at night, the shepherds would bring the sheep, would bring the flocks back into the sheepfold. Okay, that's where they'd be shut in the night. A few families would do that. And then, um, basically, what would happen then would would mean that the gatekeeper, the person on the door, would only let those people in whose sheep were actually here. So if you were a robber, if you were a thief, you'd obviously have to come round the side, wouldn't you? Jump over the wall, and that's how you'd get the sheep, okay? So what Jesus is saying in in this picture is that the Pharisees' behavior towards this ex-blind man, it's like a thief and a robber. That's what what he's saying. 
He's saying they're not shepherds. He's calling them out as false shepherds, preying on the flock of Christ. And they're, they're only good. All they're doing is stealing and killing and destroying. It's really quite strong words Jesus is using, isn't it? It's really sad. Jesus shows that the religious leaders, they're only ever interested in providing for themselves. They didn't love the sheep, but they actually exploited them. Their leadership was all about their own power. They're all, all about their own control. So that's the figure of speech. That's the word picture. Now I wonder if we play the game of spot the difference, what you would see from this passage of a, of a good shepherd and a thief and a robber. Let's, let's read verses 1 and 2 again and see if you can spot it. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. The shepherd enters through the door. The thief doesn't enter through the door. That's the difference. That's the big difference here. But instead, the thief climbs in by some other way. So the key difference in this word picture Jesus is holding up of the false shepherd and the true shepherd, do they go through the door or not? It's quite simple, isn't it? Do they go through the door or not? If they don't go through the door, they're thieves and robbers. If they do go through the door, they're shepherds. True shepherds, true religious leaders enter through the door. So Jesus is saying the genuine shepherd of souls, the true religious leader in the, in, in the ministry will always come through the door. Now you might be wondering, why does he keep banging on about the door? Well, Jesus says this in verse 9, I am the door. He's saying to the Pharisees, the religious leaders, you are thieves and robbers because you're trying to get to the sheep apart from me. True shepherds of the sheep of God come through me. The false shepherd, the thief and the robber is the person who enters the ministry outside of Jesus. Maybe they've got worldly motives. Maybe they want to extend, you know, extend their own name, excited about their own uh, agenda. Well, this analogy, it forms the groundwork of what you will go on to see next week in, in verse 11, where Jesus says, I am the good shepherd. That's, that's re I'm really excited for you to see, to, to see that. But for today, let's zoom in on one verse, that, that verse 9 that we just looked at. I am the door. What that, what's it say? If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. And that's the big point I want us to think about today. Only by entering through Jesus the door can we be saved. Only by entering through Jesus the door can we be saved. You might, because you might be thinking, well, I'm not one of these, I'm not a religious leader. Why, what difference does this make to me? What, why does this matter? Well, the point is that, yes, we see the difference between true shepherds of God and false shepherds. But what this is showing us, the big thing that this is showing us is have we come through the door or not? If we don't come through the door, if we don't come to Jesus, we are not saved. That's what the text says. It's so simple, but it's through Christ and Christ alone that we can be saved. And that is the gospel, isn't it? 
The invitation that's open to all, it's, it's for anyone. Jesus came and died on the cross for broken and for repentant sinners so that anyone who trusts him, in him will be saved. You are safe if you've entered through the door of Christ. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved. Let's break that down. Um, I am, so this is one of the I ams of Jesus. He's already said in John's gospel, I am the bread of life. He's already said, I am the light of the world. And as we mentioned, he will go on to say, which we'll see next week, I am the good shepherd. He's saying, I am the door. I am the door. Jesus doesn't say, I am a door. He says, I am the door. And what Jesus is saying here is actually really significant. Because in a society like ours, where people might say that, yeah, you can come to God through what, however you, you like. There's many ways to God. You know, Jesus is good for you, but I get to God from some other way. No, 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 no. Jesus is saying, I am the door. It's not an option. That, 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 the, the religious pluralism is, is not an option for Bible-believing Christians. God's word is clear. As Jesus will go on to say in uh, John 14, verse 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus says he is the door, singular, no other way. Door. Isn't it amazing how Jesus uses something that we all know what it does, we all know what a door is, we all came through that door today. And what's the door do? It provides access. His meaning is clear. It's, it's necessary to come to Christ for salvation. We can only access God by coming to Christ. If anyone. This invitation is open to all. If anyone. Whoever enters will be saved. So come as you are. No matter who you are. No matter what you've done. No matter what others have done to you. If anyone enters. They will be saved. Enters. What do you do with the door? You enter through it. You don't spend time looking at it, wondering what it does, spending time outside. You enter through it. Don't admire it. Don't even knock. You don't even need to knock. You come through it. And how do you enter? Jesus says, by me, through Christ, come to Jesus, trust in him as Lord, confess your sin, ask for forgiveness. He says that whoever enters will be saved. And this word saved, it means delivered safe and sound. So it was used to say that um, if, you, if you'd survived war, that's the same word that people would use, you were saved. So if you'd, um, maybe you'd survived a severe illness, say you were really, really ill, but you were, you'd, you were healed, people would say you were saved. Or if you saved your sheep from, some, uh, from wolves or thieves, trying to kill them or destroy them, saved. Enter by me. And you will be saved, delivered safe and sound, forever safe. Safe from every enemy that could ever destroy you. Saved. Don't have any doubts about it. There's no uncertainty. No, 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 no questions asked. Saved. No amount of evil. No amount of sin trying to destroy you will ever change the fact that you are delivered. Safe and sound if you have entered through the door of Christ. Saved. That's what happens when you come through the door. You will be saved. Praise the Lord. Then Jesus says, you will go in and go out and find pasture. 
This, I, I had to think for ages about what this meant. What does that mean, go in and go out? Well, I think Jesus is basically saying, you've got, in, in the sense of a sheep comes and goes out the sheepfold, in the, in, the, in the day it goes out to graze and the night comes out to safety. It's actually a picture of safety. We have, fr- we have friends coming to stay with us and we said, come and go as you please. It's, it's open to you. It's this place of safety. And Jesus, what he says next in verse 10, he really shows the difference between him and religious leaders. He says this, the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Having life and having it abundantly is totally different to what influences uh, we thought about the, the, at the beginning offer, isn't it? It's totally different. We're promised to be safe. We're promised. Right. Um, and, and abundant life is about having peace. It's about having God, having God, having joy, knowing that no matter what happens, our sins are forgiven. Even though we deserve God's judgment, we are saved by the blood of Christ. That's how Jesus is the door. He came to lay down his life for the sheep. Through his sacrifice on the cross, Jesus opened a way for sinners to have access to God. No one can come to the Father but through him. He's laid down his life so that we can have life and have it to the full, have it abundantly. So one application of this is, of course, religious leaders. Uh, are they thieves and robbers or are they true shepherds? Have, uh, and the only way to find that out is, have they come through the door? Are they true followers? Are they true believes, believers of Christ? But what about for those of us who aren't religious leaders? The same principle applies. Have you come to the door? Are you delivered safe and sound? Do you have life and have it abundantly? Do you know that feeling of coming to the door? The way to God, coming to Jesus, repenting of what you've done, and knowing that your sins are forgiven. Do you, do you know what that feels like? Have you come through the door? If that's not you this afternoon, please don't put it off. Don't put off coming and entering through the door. Jesus is willing. He's ready to save He has open arms. He says, come to me. If anyone enters by me, he'll be saved. No matter who you are, no matter what you've done. Because we're not safe on our own. We're all guilty before God. Only by coming to Christ can we be saved. And maybe you can't see the door. Maybe you're aware of it. Maybe you know this Jesus character. But maybe the pull of the world is quite strong. Maybe the the lies that you may see on on, on your phone or on the news or whatever, maybe they're quite strong for you. And you know that you need to enter through the door, but something's in the way, something's stopping you. Jesus says, deny yourself and follow me. He says he will supply your every need. He says he will give you life and life to the full. So take confidence in that. Come to him. Come to the door. Be saved. Have life. And there's no fence You've either come to him or you haven't, so come to him. Maybe you have come through the door. Maybe you are saved. Praise God for that. Why don't you thank God for giving us Jesus, the door, 
for giving us a way to him, for saving you despite your filthiness, for giving you life, for giving you abundant life, and keep reminding yourself of the gospel. And maybe you have come through the door, but you're in a season where, to be honest, it feels like the grass you're grazing on is quite dry. And you're alive, but if you're honest, you haven't got this abundant life that Jesus is talking about. Seek the Lord in that. Remind yourself that you are saved. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time you stopped and, and thought about this and thought, I am saved and there's nothing that can happen to change that? Meditate on that. Think about that. That you're delivered safe and sound. That your status before God is sure. It's fixed. Nothing can take that away. And, and pray that that would shape your perspective of whatever you're going through, whatever trials you're going through. And don't only remind yourself of these things. Remind Jesus of these things. Remind Jesus of this promise. Jesus, you said that I would experience life and life to the full when I came to you. See what happens. See what happens. Come to Christ. Come and access God. Enjoy the presence of God through Christ, through his word, by his spirit. Come to the Father. Come through the door. Let me pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that you have given us, Jesus, the door, the way to you. Jesus, thank you that you came and uh, we thank you for your life. We thank you for your death. We thank you for your resurrection. Uh, we thank you that if anyone comes to you, they will be saved. Uh, Lord, remind us of this wonderful truth. May we not just go about our day uh, and forget it, but please preach it to us, teach it to us, so that we may uh, glorify you as we think about it. In Jesus' name, amen.